1: the WLCC Brandon
0: Faith Talk Tampa online at letstalkfaith.com or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. Following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded
1: First John 2:18 and it's very important I want to spend some time with this so you'll understand what this whole chapter is about. Miss this point and you'll miss the application of it and you'll miss the whole thrust of it. First John chapter 2 verse 18. Children, it is what? The last hour. The last hour. John wrote this about 2,000 years ago. It is the last hour and he speaks about the spirit of Antichrist. It's the last hour. Why? Because Messiah has come.
0: When you read the terms last days or last hour in your Bible, It's referring to what we call the church age. So, two millennia ago, when the apostles were teaching about the end times, they were correct in telling us those were the last days, just as we now live in the last days. And the last days, the Bible says, will be perilous times. There's a war going on, and we need to not only be aware of it, but as Christ followers, we need to know how to survive it victoriously. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff is beginning a new series of Bible lessons from 2 Timothy about surviving in difficult times. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Before becoming a missionary, I made aluminum beverage cans for 22 years. You might be surprised to find that it was a challenging, competitive, and high-intensity job. We often ran into difficulties that looked insurmountable. The official company term for those situations was opportunity. I never quite got on board with that terminology, but I saw the logic. When there was a problem, I called it a problem and set about fixing it. But apparently some people worked better if they were reminded that the problem was indeed an opportunity to excel. In the movie Apollo 13, when the NASA director said that the problem with the spacecraft could be NASA's worst disaster ever, Flight Director Gene Krantz responded by saying, With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. What a great line. In our lives, Satan will test us as God allows. But God gives us everything we need to not only survive, but to overcome everything the enemy can throw at us. Let's turn now to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here's Pastor Steve.
1: In Timothy chapter 3, as we open a new chapter... In our study of Paul's second letter to Timothy, and last letter that he ever wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, let's look at it. But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, Unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of God, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, and avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men of depraved mind, rejected as regards the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, as also that of those two came to be. These are difficult times to live in, difficult days. Difficult days to raise children without... I should say children with any kind of commitment to moral standards. Difficult days to to not only live in, but to raise your own children. It's difficult to be moral in an immoral world. It's difficult to be honest in a dishonest world. It is difficult to live a godly lifestyle in a very ungodly world. The society we live in is very ungodly. Paul said it's a corrupt generation. It is difficult to live consistently by God's word, when you get opposition, even in, even in local churches, to the teaching of God's Word. These are difficult days without question. But are these days going to get any better? That's the type of question that we need to ask. Are these days going to get any better? What does the future hold in terms of the pressures that we feel from society and even churches? Will the pressures imposed by society and the church ease up? What does the future hold for those who love the Lord? Concerning the present difficulties. And can we survive the present difficulties. The pressures without giving in to them. With some kind of semblance of of victory. Well these are the types of questions that Christians need to be asking these days. And our answers of course are found in the word of God. And one specific place that that, uh, deals with these types of questions is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Because in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, Paul says, But realize this, Timothy, that in the last days, difficult times will come. It means that difficult times will set in. Difficult times will set in, and they will be here. This is what the last days will be like. Now, it's imperative. It is very important for you to understand what Paul means by the last days. If you don't understand what he means by the last days, and you won't understand what chapter 3 is about. The common interpretation, without studying this, if I were to ask you, what do you think the last days uh, mean, you would most likely say, well, I think the last days refer to the days just before Christ's coming. But that wouldn't be the whole picture, because that's not what this phrase means. He's not referring to the days immediately preceding the second coming of our Lord. That's not the last days. The phrase last days refers to the whole period. The whole period from the time of Christ's first coming to the time of his second coming. Those days are called the last days. And let me show you what I mean. The phrase last days was used in the Old Testament, at least in some passages referring to the last days. Not all passages, but in some passages it referred to a time when the Messiah would come. From the prophet's standpoint, they didn't see two comings of Christ. From the prophet's standpoint, they saw the Messiah coming. That's why you'll often have the first and second coming mentioned in in the same prophecy in the Old Testament. Remember, they didn't see the church age because it was not revealed in the Old Testament. All they saw was Messiah coming and the kingdom. Someone has uh, illustrated it like this. It's like looking at two mountaintops. And when you look at two mountaintops, you don't see the valley in between. The valley in between is the church age. And those two mountaintops would be the first and second coming of Christ. But from their vantage point, it all looked like one continuous mountain. They didn't see the valley. Let me just prove it to you by the word in Acts chapter 2. When Peter was, was speaking on the day of Pentecost and explaining what God was doing, at least in beginning, I don't think in full fulfillment, but in the beginning of what was happening about him uh, pouring out his spirit, Peter says this. You don't really need to turn there. He said, he's quoting from Joel chapter 2, and he says, And it shall be in the last days that God says I will pour forth my spirit upon all mankind. Peter interpreting under divine inspiration, interpreting what God was doing on the day of Pentecost, said that this is what Joel the prophet said it will be in the last days, meaning that the last days have begun with the coming of Christ. So from the Old Testament standpoint, the last days meant when Messiah would come. Now, from the New Testament writer's perspective, when Jesus arrived, the last days had arrived. The last days that arrived. They weren't not saying that he has to come back tomorrow. They were simply saying the last days mean the days of Messiah from his coming. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, and many ways, it just means God communicated in a variety of ways. Now listen to this. In these last days... Or these final days, he's spoken unto us in his Son. In other words, God in Old Testament times had a variety of methods and means and ways in which to communicate to his people. But in these last days, he's spoken unto us by his Son. Meaning also the apostles of the Son as well. Meaning the New Testament. These are the last days. You and I are living in the last days. 1,900 years ago, they were living in the last days. Not only that, First John Two eighteen, and it's very important. I want to spend some time with this, so you'll understand what this whole chapter is about. Miss this point, and you'll miss the application of it, and you'll miss the uh, the whole thrust of it. First John, chapter two, verse eighteen. Children, it is what the last hour, the last hour. Uh, John wrote this about two thousand years ago. It is the last hour. And he speaks about the spirit of Antichrist. It's the last hour. Why? Because Messiah has come. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Speaking of Christ, he's just been speaking about redemption, the precious blood of Christ. And he says, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. Last times, last days, final days, the last hour. All of this adds up to the truth that what Paul said to Timothy is this. But Timothy realized that in these days, the last days are these days, the church age. See, Paul was not predicting anything to Timothy. In a certain sense, he was. He was saying that it will continue. It will continue. But the thrust of it is Timothy. The present time that you are living in is the last days. It's the contemporary Christian scene. That's the last days. Now, it may be true, and then again it may not be, but it may be true that as we get closer, well, I guess it would be that we are coming to the last of the last days. But the last days, that phrase is a biblical phrase which simply means the, uh, the church age this dispensation, this time period. He is not predicting so much a future time to Timothy, but predicting now because he's going to tell Timothy how to deal with these problems, these difficulties that have arisen in the last days. So if it was just predicting the future, then what's the sense in telling Timothy, for instance, in verse 5, at the end, avoid such men as these, such men who make these last days dangerous and difficult. What would be the point of uh, telling him about uh, the men who, tr- who, in verse 6, who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins? And, and then he sp- explains they're always, they're always learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And they're men like Janice and Jambres in the Old Testament. And uh, uh, their folly will come to... What's the point of it? The point of it is that, Timothy, you are right smack in the midst of the last days. Timothy was living in the last days We are living in the last days. There will come difficult times in the future, but there will also be times right now that are difficult. They're here already. And you see, that makes it totally applicable and practical for us because it gives us insight into surviving in the last days. Because I want you to see what he says about the last days. He says there will be difficult times. Difficult times, look at uh, verse 1, but realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. You understand this, it'll open up the whole door. Difficult times, the word, the Greek word for difficult means dangerous, it means menacing, hard to deal with, savage, You you could translate it perilous, I think that's how the authorized version translates it. It was used in classical Greek to refer to dangerous wild animals as well as the raging sea. Plutarch used it to describe an ugly wound. Ancient writers spoke of uh, this word as a threatening conjunction of the heavenly bodies. Threatening, menacing, dangerous. All that is wrapped up in this word. It's used only one other time. ...in the New Testament, and I'd like you to see that in Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, the only other time that this Greek word is used... ...we find out some insight from ancient writers and how the classical Greek writers used it... ...but how it's used in the New Testament in the one other time gives us some real insight into this. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, Jesus encounters a demonic situation, demonic possession... And when he had come to the other side, into the country of the Gadarenes, two men who were demon-possessed met him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so exceedingly, now here's the word, in my Bible it translates it, violence, that no one could pass by the road. That word violent is the same word that is translated difficult or perilous or dangerous times. So if you want to know what this present age is like what it's characterized by. It'll be a hard time. You live in a hard time. It is a dangerous time. It is a difficult time to endure. It is a hard to cope with time. It is a menacing time. It is a perilous time. It's a threatening time. It's a dangerous time. I call it difficult days or dif- a difficult time. And Paul wants Timothy and he wants us, by way of application, to know about these difficult days so that we'll know what's expected of us and how to handle these difficult days. I call this surviving difficult times. How do we survive? And when I say survive, I don't mean just live, just exist. I mean, how do we survive spiritually? How do we handle all this with some amount of spiritual victory so that we're not swept away by these violent times? Well, tonight we want to begin... A series of looking at this. We want to look at uh, uh, three things. That if we understand and know these three things, it will help us to survive difficult times. If you want to be a survivor, you need to understand these three things. First of all, the first thing you need to understand is that the difficult days are permanent. They are a continuation. They're not passing from the scene. They are permanent. Let's look at that tonight. Verse 1. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. In other words, Timothy, I want you to recognize something. I want you to realize something. I want you to understand something. And what is it? What is it that Timothy was to understand? That in the last days, your contemporary scene and world times, difficult times will come. Now, that's interesting to me. Why would Paul have to say Timothy recognize this if Timothy already recognized it? Why would and the the word recognize or realize or understand simply means that. Understand this, be aware of this. Why would he tell Timothy to be aware of something if Timothy was already aware of it? May I suggest to you that Timothy was not aware of this? That Timothy didn't know this, that Timothy didn't understand, and Paul is writing to him so that he would recognize something, that he would recognize that that the difficulties of the last days will not pass away. They're not fleeting, they're not temporary. Now, let's back up a moment. Paul closed chapter 2 by telling Timothy that some people who oppose the truth will recover. Some opponents of the gospel who are in the snare of the devil, and you must understand that. It's not that they're just uh, uh, wayward, it's not that they've just been naive and have made a mistake, no. Chapter 2, let's look at verse 24 through 26. And the Lord's bondservant must, must not be quarrelsome. Don't get into debates over speculative matters, but be kind to all. Someone comes to you and they want to debate something and they want to get you in an argument. No, don't do that. Be kind to them. If they allow you, the implication is teach them. Able to teach, patient when wronged. With gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps... If maybe, it doesn't say this is going to happen for sure, but if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. There are times when God steps in, does a miraculous work in their hearts, and grants someone repentance. I don't understand how that works. But I know that man doesn't produce repentance on his own. And watch this. Verse 26, that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. They are intoxicated and captured by the devil. And that's why he says, having been held captive by him to do his will. I take it he means the devil's will. So Paul closed chapter 2 by telling Timothy, once in a while, some people who are into, and I'll put it in our language, cults and false religion and are swept up into this kind of thinking, and they are really uh, opponents of the gospel, sometimes God reaches down, grants them repentance, and they're delivered from Satan. Sometimes that happens. Recovery takes place for some. But Timothy, Timothy, realize this, that just because some opponents of the gospel are delivered doesn't mean that the church is going to be free from attacks. So you have to read the Bible without thinking that there is a, a change in chapters. You understand that chapter divisions are not inspired. Someone later on came along, and uh, just to help us, and they really are a help, they put it in chapter divisions. But when this letter was written, Paul didn't close what we call chapter 2 and say, "Aha, uh-huh, I'll put over chapter a new chapter, chapter 3. No, so you read it this way. Just because some are delivered from error... Understand, that doesn't mean that the church is going to be free from attacks. That's how you have to understand this. Paul wants us to understand that opposition to the truth is not a passing situation. It's permanent. It continues. It wasn't an isolated first century problem that was going on here. It wasn't that in Timothy's little corner of the world, something really bad was happening. No, this is the way the age will be characterized by, for the church. Now, how will this help you to survive difficult times that we live in? How does it really help you? Well, first of all, it'll, help you to, uh, from being, it'll keep you from being naive about the church and the church age. And some people are very naive. The church is going to be assaulted for as long as it exists. Remember we said this morning, Jesus said, the gates of Hades will not prevail, but they'll sure charge up against the church. They won't overpower the church, but they'll attack the church. For as long as the church exists, the gates of of Hades, Satan's dominion will attack the church. The opposition will not let up. It will only intensify. That's why he says in verse 13, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Remember when Jesus said in John 15 and John 16, I'm leaving you. I'm going away, but I want you to understand that if the world hates me, understand that it'll hate you. In this world, you'll have tribulation. And he was giving church-age truths. It wasn't just for the disciples in the first century. Now, I think it really gives us insight into where Timothy was at. I really believe that Timothy may have reasoned this way. Now, these troubles of heretical teachers and apostates and disobedience are only temporary. They can't last this long. They can't last very long. I'll just lay low. Until the troubles pass away. I'll just sort of take a vacation for a while. Until these difficulties just die out. And then I'll take the lead in the church. And Paul wants Timothy to know, no, you don't understand. I'm going to be executed and you can't wait for the troubles to cease. Because they're not going to cease. You have got to get going. You have got to take the baton and you have got to run in this race. And you have got to get up and take your responsibility. Don't think that this is passing from the scene. It will not. It is, it is permanent. See, Paul's point is, Timothy, you don't understand that the church is always going to be assaulted. And I have to say that to you. The church is always going to be assaulted. With the coming of Christ, how glorious that was. But it also, with his coming, came the difficult times for the church that belongs to Christ. The attacks.
0: When storms come and damage our property, when illness or accident damage our bodies, when financial downturns damage our bank accounts, the difficulties are very tangible, and we see them easily. But those are not the most serious challenges we face. The challenges that endanger our souls will have eternal significance, and they are often hard to spot. False teachers are among the most devious and subtle weapons Satan uses against us. That's why it's so very important to not only spend time in Scripture, but to learn to understand it properly. This is not a temporary situation. The challenges to our faith have gone on since the beginning of the church age, and will continue until Jesus returns. And that's the reason for verse by verse. We want our listeners to know that the Bible is understandable. That's why God wrote it, and to know how to understand it without being led astray by folks who would twist the words and take them out of context to confuse and deceive us. It was nice to have you here today for another Bible Class of the Air, led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside. Stop in at our website when you get a chance. Go to versebyverseradio.org. If you click the message archive link, you'll land in our extensive library of previous broadcasts, any of which are available for you to stream or download at no charge. They're sorted by series title, so if you want to find a specific date, just use the search function in your web browser, usually done by hitting Control-F. And if the Lord is moving you to help support Verse by Verse financially, we make that easy and secure on the website as well. Click on the giving link and go from there. We are very thankful for each person who helps us keep these programs on the air. That's at versebyverseradio.org. If you'd like to learn more about Lakeside or maybe come for a visit some Sunday, You can call the church office or visit the website for more information. The phone number is 727-441-1714. And the web address is lakesidechapel.com. That's lakesidechapel.com or 727-441-1714. This is Jerry Peterson. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed by all these attacks on my soul and upon the church I love. But those attacks will only succeed if we let them. God has given us a weapon that's superior to anything in the enemy's arsenal. Now I hope you can be here.